0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Purpose Pivots Podcast. We feature interviews and conversations with real people who use detours and disappointments and difficulties in their career and life as opportunities to pivot them towards purpose. Hey, Purpose People, Thank you for joining today's show. I'm your host, Yewande O'Neill, and you are listening to Purpose Pivots. Before we start today's show, I wanted to thank everyone, and I mean everyone, for all the support. I've been blown away by the feedback and comments. Thank you for listening and sharing and leaving a review. I read every single one of them. It truly means a lot to me. In addition to that, If you're looking to learn more about Purpose Pivots and all that we do at Kairos Leaders, head over to our website. It'll be in the show notes. It's www.kairosleaders.org. So on to today's show. I am looking forward to today's show with my former teammate and friend, Jennifer O'Kinnon. Jen and I met years prior as managers and working together on the same team. We would share <laughs> lots of tips and best practices, and she was always a smiling face and lots of fun. Fast forward to today, and she is a prior corporate business leader of over 18 years who has pivoted into Purpose. And I know I can't wait to hear her story and her journey. So Jen, welcome to Purpose Pivots.
1: Hey, day. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? What's been going on? It's been so long. I know, I know. Uh, Lots of great stuff going on. All kinds of people to help. It's all about getting healthy. It's all about feeling good. It's all about having all the energy we need, whether that's physical, mental, or emotional, to make sure that we wake up every day with purpose and can positively impact our lives and the lives of the people around us.
0: That is awesome. So I wanted to unpack your story and I was reading your bio and I saw that you said that you're a self-described corporate dropout. Tell me more. Tell us what that means.
1: Well, it means that after 18 years of climbing the corporate ladder and being, you know, promoted From job to job every 18 months for two years and running after everybody else's goals except for my own, that I had put a strategy in place to create an opportunity for me to take all the skills and lessons that I learned through corporate, which were so many, and use them to create a business for myself, one that could help me do what I love to do every day and also impact people in a much more personal way.
0: That is absolutely awesome. So I definitely want to hear what that business is. But before we get into that, I want to know more about you, Jen. So tell our listeners, just you, who is Jen? How did you go through this 18-year career and eventually realize that you wanted to pivot into something different?
1: Well, so I grew up in Maine, small town. It was a paper mill town, but it was a, a great place to grow up. And, you know, through the 80s and 90s, we, of course, that was a very, very different time than what we have now. You know, no internet, no cell phones, you know, small town, cheerleading track. Go into football games, doing the whole thing. And when I chose to go to college, I picked the University of Maine, Division One hockey, so I'm a huge hockey fan. And I decided to, with the advice from my parents, even though I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I chose to get a business degree focusing on management, marketing, public relations, because I thought that would give me the broadest spread and the broadest amount of opportunity. Because I think most people, if you're graduating high school at 17 years of age, you really don't know what you want to do with your life. Most people, if you ask them today, they still don't know what they want to do with their life. So (laughs) it, it it seemed like the right choice and graduated in four years. From there, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I accidentally fell into a job with GE and up in Schenectady, New York. And I had my first exposure to gas turbines and steam turbines and generators and asking the question, what's an outage? (laughs) You know, so
0: (laughs) I'm sure people are asking that question
1: now. Yeah, right. So I ended up working in Schenectady for about a year. Until I decided that Schenectady was not for me. (laughs) And um, it was very early on. You know, I was only a year or two out of school. And so I went back to Maine, got a great job with a great company. It was called MBNA America, which is a credit card financing company, which was later bought out by Bank of America. But I ended up working there for three years. And it was an incredible experience because the company was so customer focused. As you went through every doorway, and you looked at the top of the doorway there, it was Ready, you know, basically it was all about the customer, right? So there were customer facing phrases all around. And then because me, I was a phone rep and I ended up working there for three years, taking my way up through different phone rep jobs and then a coach and then an assistant manager, then a manager in three years. And so I had responsibility for a whole site. I would shut down, you know, work four days a week. I would shut down the site at night. And then I got a call from my old boss at GE and they said, hey, Jen, we're creating a new division. It's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of people don't want to move. And so we'd like you to come down and help get the sourcing program off the ground because that was what I had done before in Schenectady. So it was a big decision though, because first of all, I had moved away from home and then back. And so I was only 45 minutes from my parents, my sister, my brand new baby, baby niece. And I really did love my job. But as a single person who was only at that point, I don't know, 24, it was a little small. So I actually took the opportunity and within about, I don't know, six weeks later, I ended up going back to GE. But again, it was a huge risk. Because here's the thing I was a temp at my first GE job and it turned into, you know, like a year assignment. And I left and now all of a sudden I'm an assistant manager. I'm running a site. I have a big team. I have all this responsibility. And I was like, well, okay, what position is it? Well, it's a contractor role. I was like, what? What are you talking about? This is what I'm doing now. You want me to pick up and move for a contractor role, not even a full GE position? I mean, that was kind of shocking. And what my old
0: boss... I actually, I'm going to stop you there for a second and ask you, Jen, because I'm sure we have listeners that are in that predicament now or in that situation where they're trying to choose between something that seems very stable, right? Of, hey, I'm an assistant manager or I have this role that I've been in for years and something that, hey... It's a flip of the coin. You're not sure, right? Because it's a contractor role. How did you make that decision?
1: A couple things. One is that my mother, my mother and father had their own business, and they used to have to travel from Maine to Atlanta to go to conferences. And when I was in high school, my mom came back from Atlanta at one point and said, You know, Jenny, she goes, I see you in Atlanta. It's so beautiful there. It's warm. People are doing things. There's business, there's opportunity. She's like, I really see you in Atlanta. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, sure, mom. Whatever. (laughs) I was in high school. What, you know, I just wasn't thinking that way. Well, I had come back from a girl's vacation down in Florida. And I saw the message that my roommate had written down saying, hey, you know, some manager wants to call you and move to Atlanta, question mark. And when I had come back from that trip, I was really feeling like there was something else out there for me. And my world was just too small. Hmm. And I really wanted something different. So to feel that way to come back from a vacation. I was even at one of my friend's houses who was the manager to my assistant manager team telling her, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm not sure I'm happy here. I'm never going to find anyone to date. You know, I'm never going <laughs> to, the dating pool was very small. And I was just like, I, I just, this doesn't feel right. And I go home and I literally see that message. And so I make the phone calls and I, and I think about it and I'm like, you know what, Atlanta, it's a great place. It'd be a huge opportunity for me. And I had the conversation with my boss and I said, look, I said, I'm not sure I can pick up and move just for a contractor role. And he said, look, he goes, come down, work with me, work with the team. He's like, I would have given you a head, a real headcount position. I just don't have any more headcount. Help me get this team set up. And he said, I guarantee you by January, you'll be in a GE role. And so basically he was saying, come down, work with him for six months and then I'll help you transition. So between how I was feeling, between remembering that conversation with my mother and then what my boss said, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it because if it doesn't work out, then there's so many other companies in Atlanta, I can definitely find something I like. So I did it.
0: Yeah. So like the risk actually outweighed or the reward actually outweighed the risk in the end, right? Yes. That's awesome. All right. So now you are... You made a decision to move to Atlanta and you're taking that leap of faith or that risk in, you know, trusting your n- manager now and really saying, "Okay, I'm going to spend 6 months and see what happens." So what
1: happened? Well, we had a blast. <laughs> we <laughs> we set up the team. I mean, it was it was so exciting because it was a brand new division for the company and there was very few people like when it was the original building, it was the 4,200 building, mm. right? And it was very few people in there and very few people who moved down. And so they used to have like little cocktail events for us on, in the back patio on Thursday night, because everybody was new. Everybody was a transplant into Atlanta. So when you're at work, that's the only time you knew anybody. And luckily there were people that I had worked with before who were still there which was fun. So I did know some people. And then all the new people that we ended up hiring in, a lot of them were local. So that was fun. You know, more local people and we set it all up. It was fantastic. And about the time that it got to be around Christmas, my boss made good on it. And he said, Hey, there's an opportunity in the pricing team It's a pricing analyst role. I want you to check it out. I want you to talk to some people and go for it. And I didn't know anything about pricing turbine parts, but I talked to a few people and they're like, Jen, you can totally do this. You were on the other side of it, right? You were buying gas turbine parts, you know? So you just flip the switch and and you can do this. So it was a little intimidating because it was, you know, a whole new boss, a whole different side of the business. I was working with the commercial team and it was a great opportunity though. And so I think it was, it was either the very end of December, or the beginning of January, I was christened as, you know, an official employee and not a contractor anymore. So the risk paid off. That is awesome.
0: So, I mean, just listening to you, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to follow uh, and listen to someone not knowing whether they are going to stay true to their word. So it's amazing to hear that. And now you're in Atlanta, the risk paid off and you are part of this company. And it looks like it must have been a good ride because you stayed there for 18 years. Tell us about that journey in the corporate world.
1: It was interesting because, you know, so many people will come in and like you have the experience of different programs. For me, it it was kind of a wild ride because it was right when all, all the big companies were switching from very traditional IT systems to more of the, you know, the oracles and the SAPs and salesforce.com, all these things were coming into play. And so you needed people who were good at process, who really knew the existing business, and who were willing to kind of take the leap to say, okay, we're going to do some major business transformation. And to do that, you know, we're going to be putting in these new systems. So for me, I had been kind of, Literally after that first job, I then got into quality Six Sigma, right? I had my Mm -hmm. green belt certification. That was my, I had a pricing black belt role. And then from there, I immediately got on the first, it was the first major Oracle implementation of the whole company. And so I got on that team and I got to tell you, that was probably the most difficult thing I had ever done. (laughs) Looking (laughs) back, I don't know if I would have done it again. So, and then from there it went on. So each, each role got more and more interesting, but what happened is that I did gain a reputation for being able to be thrown at a project and say, Hey, we need to do this initiative. We don't know how to do it, but this is what you, you know, go figure out the people, the tools, the process, and get it up and running. So that was something that I was always excited to go do. It's always a little bit scary, but the freedom to go out and to try and to facilitate that and create new things and connect with customers and and really bring your teammates along with you who might be kicking and screaming along the way, because, you know, a lot of people don't like change, But I always found it very, very satisfying. And then you know, when I met you and we started working together, that was a swing for me back to, again, a new... I had had a big operations director job in our projects division, which I absolutely love. And then when I went to go work with you, that was kind of really my first time. And I'm still in services, but I'm in a totally new role, totally different part of the business, right? But again, Every, every step of the way, I liked it because you could go back and say, okay, these are the skills I've learned. This is what I've picked up on. Here's how I can apply it to the new role. And yes, there's a bit of growth there. Some more growth than others, but that's what makes it fun and that's what it makes, makes it exciting. So for me, there always had to be that element of build, that element that I was moving forward, that I was pushing my comfort zone, that I was trying something new. And I'll be honest, some roles I took, I, I wasn't that successful. But again, even when you're not successful, there's always something to learn and to be gained out of that experience. And, and look, if you're not trying something new, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're stagnating. And that's boring. And so I think for me, it's it's really about looking at that whole body of experience that I had in those 18 years and just being so happy with it because I I grew. I grew. I grew up in my 20s and 30s in one of the toughest divisions in GE and I, and I was ultimately successful but I did pay a price for that I did pay wow. a price for that
0: wow you know I <laughs> there was a segment there where you shared that this quote that I think is so powerful because you know that's what what I believe purpose Pivot is it's about you know it's about When we go through difficult times or things that may have derailed us, what have we learned from it and how do we pivot because of it? And I love what you said about even when you're not successful, there's something to learn from it. So you were able to really gain a lot out of the experiences, what what you've explained to us. But I noticed at the end there, you did say there was a price to pay. So what do you mean by that, Jen? What was that price and how has that catapulted you into where you're at today?
1: There was a price to pay because I have a very singular focus. (laughs) So (laughs) when I get going on something, I go for it, but I go for it or I did back then to the exclusion of other things that were important. So beginning of January, right? You're doing your goals, your goals for your team, your goals for your business, your goals for your personal performance. That was all about the company. Well, what about looking at the 360 degree view of your life? What do you want to do with your life? Are you really, and these goals and these opportunities that the company is saying, yes, you should go do this. Is that really the best thing for you personally, for your personal growth, for the other areas of your life that quite frankly, I was neglecting. Okay, I I neglected opportunities with friends. I saw my family a lot less cuz they were all up in Maine, I was down in Atlanta, so maybe I only saw them a couple times a year. I I really put work first, and I put work first too much. And so things like exercising, eating right, spending time with friends, traveling, the only travel I did was, was with GE, and, and yes, I, I, I filled passports, but it's a little bit different traveling by choice with friends and loved ones <laughs> versus traveling, and you're hanging out in a basement conference room for five out of the seven days of the trip, right? So You know, I always <laughs> used
0: to say that, and it, it, it's hard to explain unless you've lived the work travel life. Because it's not something where you're actually enjoying the travel. Like you said, the majority of that time you're working, which obviously, if you're doing something you love, it's great, but you're not exploring the city or the location you're in.
1: Absolutely, yes. And I, I and I really did take a toll. I mean, you know, through my twenties and thirties, when I was younger and in high school and college, I was very fit. I mean, I'm a petite person. You know me. I'm like five two on a good day with my boots, <laughs> and you know, and I'm I'm very petite framed. I have you know short little legs. You know, so I've got that little gymnast thing going on. And when you stop eating right and you stop exercising, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So so, but it wasn't only physical. It was, it was emotional and it was mental too, because I, you know, I basically, I got this great new job. When I first met you, I was probably at the worst physical shape of my life. And I remember trying on clothes to go meet my team in Florence, Italy, and I couldn't fit into any of them. Hmm. And I had a moment where I'm in the dressing room, a banana Republic, putting on a dress in a size that I never wanted to see. And it really bothered me and I've got beautiful pictures from that trip and it's very, very difficult for me to look at them. So I get had success, but it was also to the detriment of my personal health and my overall well-being. So that really led to another big change as I tried to at you know 40 years of age, try and regain my health. And it's very difficult. <laughs> once, once you hit 40, especially as a woman, you know, your body, your body starts to rebel on you. And the things that maybe you used to do when you were younger to get back in shape, to drop the weight or whatever, it's not the same. So I was killing myself in the gym and you know, putting in the time, getting home late. And trying just about every diet plan that was out there. And again, this was, you know, seven years ago. So nutrition information wasn't as widely available. As it is now, we've made big, big leaps in terms of what's available, different plans. People, you know, you learn more every single day. Back then, it was Slim Fast, NutriSystem, or Lean Cuisines, pretty much, or the old school Weight Watchers, (laughs) right? And all that stuff, all that stuff is crap. It didn't work for me. It's chemicals, fat free, sugar free. That just means chemical laden, processed food, right? And so it's not good. So for the inflammation in my body and the brain fog and the exhaustion, all that stuff I was feeling, Nothing was changing. It took me eighteen months to find the right nutrition to pair with my fitness routine, and getting more sleep, and setting better boundaries, and bringing more friendships and joy into my life for me to drop the weight that I needed to weight, and finally start feeling like myself again.
0: I love that, Jen, and you know I'm a process geek, so I'm sitting here thinking as you talk, and I thought to myself, it's literally like you went from, hey, I did this 360 view of my life and I realized here are my gaps or opportunities, right? And then next thing you know, it's you added the, you looked at the nutrition, you updated that, you did the boundaries and you looked at your community and all of a sudden you're now in this place where you're starting to see this pivot in your life. That is amazing. So you- You're now in this place where you've discovered this new found desire, I guess, for health. What does that look like? How did that come about? And did you find that while you were still at GE, or yeah, I I, I did.
1: No, no, I was still at GE, and I guess what I would say is that you know I had been struggling for a while and kind of a funny story and I'll I'll keep it short, but I found a man who I was falling in love with and he was inviting me out for the first time to meet his friends. And this is a man who has a lot of best friends who are women and they're not (laughs) someone who's not feeling very confident in her physical appearance. I was a little intimidated because these are beautiful, talented, self-assured, wonderful women who thank God have a whole heart of gold, you know, so they were wonderful to me but i'm going out to meet all of them for the same you know at the same time we're having we're having a good time but there was someone there who just kind of, I never really spoke to her that night either, but she really looked like she had it all together, right? I'm feeling like a complete hot mess. And she looked <laughs> like she had it together. She was dressed great. She was in great shape. She was beautiful. She had a nice smile. She had this kind of air of, you know, confident energy around her. And so when I asked my, he's now my husband, but I asked him who, you know, who was that? He's like, wow, I haven't seen her for years. She used to own a real estate business. She used to own her own spa. Now she's just all into this this nutrition coaching. And I was like, wow, I'm going to look her up. So I did what any person would do. I Facebook stalked her. <laughs> I totally look and I was like, well, who is this person? Okay. She doesn't look crazy. She's got a lot of great posts, up, but clearly she's helping people. I messaged her. We got on the phone and she, she laughs to this day. She says, I'm the easiest client she ever signed up because... I was still a type A person, so I'm multitasking, working, doing email while I'm listening to the stuff that she's saying with like half an ear. But I finally hear her say, well, Jen, if you don't like it, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can get your money back. And I was like, okay, here's my Amex. Whatever you're talking about, put me on it, right? (laughs) So, Because I was desperate at that point. I, I had lost some weight. I had made some change at that point And I was making smarter decisions, but it was still, I felt, I still felt terrible and I wasn't moving fast enough. And I'll be honest, my husband, I think he's super hot and he was in amazing shape, very good looking. And I was like, wow, if I'm going to be standing next to this guy, I want to, I want to look a little bit more like I, you know, belong. Now he (laughs) always thought I belonged. I love him because I even tell him to this day, honey, I know you love me because you loved me when I was like in the worst shape of my life. So he's an amazing man and only has ever supported me. I want to put that out there. He sounds like an amazing guy. (laughs) He (laughs) is an amazing guy. So what happened though is that I started on a nutrition system. It's about, you know, whole food, real food, dense food with some, you know, and then incorporating in intermittent fasting and then incorporating in great, great tools, right? You know, great nutrient-dense smoothies and great healthy snacks and a coaching community. You know, so it really had everything. And I I had, had a terrible diet coke addiction and I was, I was like the original run on Duncan kind of girl. So I decided I was gonna totally give up caffeine. I paid for that heavily for about four days with a caffeine <laughs> withdrawal <laughs> headache. But but on day five, I woke up and I felt amazing. Like I felt like the brain fog was gone. I swallowed a rainbow. I could think my way through our process map again. I know you get me on that. <laughs> yeah, I get so, you. Yeah. So I felt so much better about things. And then two weeks in, people are starting to tell me that I'm glowing. Like my team across WebEx was like, Chen, you look great. And if some guy in Saudi can tell me that (laughs) (laughs) and see it through the computer, right? You know, it's a big change. And then at the end of the first month and everybody has different, you know, results and everybody has a different body type. And I was still working out a lot then, but I had lost 13 pounds. Wow. Not not being hangry, not being angry, (laughs) not being moody. And, And besides those first four days, really feeling great. It was not difficult. And this is while I'm still working full-time at GE, you know, the global calls, all the stress, all that stuff. Oh, there's plant adaptogens on the system too, right? Help you manage mental and physical stress. I think that had a lot to do with no (laughs) hanger, But, but really a great complete system. And it was really, really easy. And so then I thought, well, this is terrific. And so I told my mom and I told my best friend so they could try it. And then I just kind of went on with life, and I was eating this healthy way, and you, incorporating the, the the things that I had learned, and it was amazing. But then, I guess you would say, da da da. Here is another pivot, right? Because. I was meeting some amazing people who were the coaches in these communities and they were traveling and helping people and working from home before that was a thing, right? Yeah, Very different yeah. time. Pre-COVID. And, yeah, pre-COVID. So, but, but doing lots of great things, you know, taking a yoga class at 10 in the morning. And I'm like, wow, I want that. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> that looks great. That's what I want to work out. So I just started meeting these amazing people. I started learning about the opportunities that were involved if you became a health coach with this company and what that would mean for me. So literally for the next two years, I started building my online health and wellness business while I was still working full time. And I I came out at work <laughs> during session D, you know, hey, I've got my own computer. I've got my own phone. I'm not doing this on company time. If you have any issues with my performance, you let me know. In the meantime, are you feeling a little tired? Do you want to lose some weight? I mean, <laughs> so it was this amazing experience. And so two years creating my own business, using my skills, using my talent, but really realizing that. I didn't want the next 20, 30 years of my life to be a repeat of the past 20 years of my life. I wanted something different. Mm. And this was going to be a vehicle to allow me to do this, to put my health first, to live a healthy lifestyle, to be more balanced, to enjoy cooking wonderful foods, to impact people in a very, very personal way. Yeah, I was making a great difference at work, but it was very impersonal. I was very far from the customer, you know, whereas in this, you know, I get a text at seven in the morning, somebody saying, Oh my gosh, I haven't put on this suit in like three years. Thank you so much. I feel amazing. I mean, that's fun. That's not, Hey, a rotor went down, you know, a unit went down and there's no, there's no room in the shop for the rotor, right? Very different phone call at seven a.m. So I think. That led me to then say when the time was right and things were changing in our division, you know, there came to be a point that said, do I stay or do I leave? And there was quite a decision-making process there, but I ended up leaving and that was in 2016 and I've never regretted it.
0: I love it. Um, I love that you, you, there's so many different pieces of your story, but, you know you took that time to really say i want something different and how am i going to go about finding that something different and it's amazing how sometimes in life when we're we're in that path of i'm searching for something new certain opportunities start to <laughs> come our way <laughs> like the chance meeting of your husband's friend Which led you into this whole journey of health. So I love it. And if I were to put it in purpose pivots language, you literally took a couple of moments where Jen said, Hey, even though I'm successful from a world standard and the way that most people would look at it, because you're, I mean, you're traveling to all these amazing places, you're leading a team, but inside and with your health, like you said, you were not at your peak. You were not at the place where you want it to be. So I love every part of your story. And you said you never look back. So we're in 2021 and that was 2016. So what, five years now? What does it look like today for Jen? What's What's a typical day? And if I'm a person listening, and I'm interested in learning more about what you do, Jen, how, how do I get to know more about it?
1: I think the best thing to do if you want to learn more is just reach out, reach out and want to chat. I'm on LinkedIn, Jennifer Ockman. I'm on Facebook, Jen Auknin. I have a website, jenauknin.com. So I'm it's, um and I'm actually relaunching that in, in April. So I'm very excited about that. But I think A typical day for me is, you know, I'm married happily, um, I get up. I have a great morning routine, which I think is critical to r- maintain balance. Right? I have a, a gratitude routine. I'm journaling. I'm doing a little bit of meditation. I'm doing some reading. I do a little stretching. I have coffee with my husband, organic, and uh, <laughs> and you know he he goes off because he has his own business, which is very successful. And I then do some early, you know, social media, some morning coaching of my team. Then I get to work out, which is either jumping on my Peloton or doing some weights or, you know, going to a class at the gym. I'm so lucky the gym is open and then come back, you know, shower, get ready. And usually by 10, 30, 11, I'm in my office and I'm connecting with people, working on projects, networking, which is very important in what I do and then we're constantly running different challenges with the team. So, like just yesterday, we started our March program, which is a 30-day challenge. So, this week we're focused on journaling out how you feel when you eat. Are you, you know, learning different food combos, tracking food just so you can understand for a week? You know, I'm putting this all in my body. How is it making me feel? Is it getting me closer to my goals or farther away? So, I work in the afternoon. I have a hard stop about five five thirty. And between that time and I would say eight o'clock at night, that's my time to reconnect with my husband. I love to cook. I try a lot of new recipes, which I use with my team. So that's dinner and cooking and connecting. And then at night. If we're not going out because we're not doing that a lot right now, maybe we watch a movie or maybe I'm on a team call or maybe I'm coaching people or again, maybe I'm talking to prospective clients. So I really love, I mean, I was used to working at night anyway with GE, but now it's just so much more fun (laughs) because, you know, you're having, you're, I'm meeting these amazing people, like these amazing women who I, I gotta admit are my, Favorite and ideal client because I want to help the woman who felt like I did that at 40 years of age. She doesn't recognize herself in the mirror. She doesn't recognize how she feels. She's exhausted, right? She needs energy. She can't pull herself together. And I want to help these women because I've been there. I've walked in their shoes. I know it's possible and it doesn't have to be difficult. But I think there's just so much more information out there now that when you can talk to somebody and see if what they have to offer is worth your time and effort and then trying it and feeling at work, when I see that, it's incredibly fulfilling. Well, that's
0: awesome, Jen. And I know I have been inspired and motivated by all that you shared and just your journey. I typically end each episode with rapid fire questions and they're called get to know. Would you be interested in hearing a couple and answering? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: It was a management leadership piece of advice. It was for one of my favorite bosses, Christina. And she said, you have to hug them and kick them. <laughs> and, and what she means by this, because I still use this with my with my team, with my clients, is sometimes people need the love. They need the support. They need the soft touch, right? Other times, they need to be told straight, told what's happening, what they need to do, and give them a little kick in the booty to go do it. And that, that, I mean, that advice has been priceless to me all throughout my career and in my own business. Well,
0: I love it. And what's one thing you've learned about yourself through the pandemic?
1: That one is that I'm a very inwardly contented person. (laughs) So for me, because I already lived at home, worked at home, very little changed for me in my day to day. However. That personal development never ends, right? And there's always an opportunity to take a situation and to flip it so that you can make it work for you versus against you. So, there was all this talk about what people are going to do. What are you doing with all this time at home? Are you going to develop yourself? Are you going to do this? You're going to take the course. You're going to learn this. You're going to learn that. Well, yeah, because. If, if we've gone through this whole massive global ordeal and you can't look back and identify one or two things that you've done differently as a result of this situation, I find that sad. And so for me, what I learned is that I can take a situation like this, I can persevere through it and use it as a catalyst for a lot more personal and professional growth.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your story and the joy that you bring <laughs> to others daily. And it's, it's just been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being my guest.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to catch up with you. Absolutely.
0: I'm your host, Yewande O'Neill. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I'm going to ask you, why haven't you? Push the subscribe button. And while you're at it, I'd love to hear your thoughts and get your feedback. Take a few minutes and write a review. If you want to learn more about our guests and the podcast, head over to www.kairosleaders.org/podcast. You'll find guest bios, show notes, and much more. And remember: every moment, good or bad, is an opportunity to pivot into your purpose.